I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. I am so excited for you to meet my guest today. Her name is Corinne Grillo. She is the author of two books, uh, The Angel Experiment and Angel Wealth Magic. Today, we are going to focus on uh, her story and how she created this um, program or the system that she talks about in her new book, Angel Wealth Magic. The tagline is Simple Steps to Hire the Divine and Unlock Your Miraculous Financial Flow. When I received the book, I was like, oh, anything took 11 days It's to create financial you know, abundance. That's, I mean, any of you are going to be like, of course you want to learn those 11 day rituals, but she's, it's with angels. And the neat thing about this book, and you know, I know all about the archangels and I've interviewed Belinda Womack, who channels the 12 archangels, but with Corinne and her book and all her angels, there's so many angels I never even knew existed. So that on its in itself was so fun to read. But I know you would love to read her book and do the 11 day ritual. I did that and it was so fun. And it's something that you can implement anytime in your life. But let me give you a little bio about Corinne before I bring her on. Corinne Grillo is a Chicana and Puerto Rican mother, licensed psychotherapist, speaker, and transformational leader. A miracle saved her life, cured her of lifelong depression, and awakened her spiritual gifts. Since that day, Corinne has been committed to teaching tens of thousands around the world about the profound magic that lives inside them and how to set it free. Corinne leads transformational retreats at Casa Condor in Mount Shasta, California, and other sacred sites internationally. She is also the founder of the Angel Alchemy Academy, which is dedicated to helping other seekers deepen their intuition and natural healing abilities and unlock their deeper mission. She transforms lives with inspired down-to-earth spiritual wisdom and helps people reach their full potential in leadership and life by creating an authentic, non-religious relationship with the divine and with nature, as well as a connection with their own angels and ancestral roots. You can learn more about Corinne's work and join her angel community at Corinne Grillo. C-O-R-I-N-G-R-I-L-L-O.com. But what was interesting to me first is, you know, I've been, she reached out to me, sent me her book, 
And, you know, I did the 11 day because I, you know, you know me, I love to find out more about these people before I meet them on Zoom. And it was interesting and started listening to podcasts and her, some of the YouTubes that she was on. And I just, maybe two days before the interview, I got so excited because I started learning more about her. So when you are listening to this interview, realize that when I turned on the Zoom and we started talking before record, it was like, oh my gosh, I love this woman. (laughs) I mean, I tell you, I love these people, but gosh, it's like, wow, she was put on my path. There's definitely no coincidences because in the interview, she cries. She tells me she's never been asked that question. It was a beautiful part of the interview. And then um, I just connected with her and I love her and I know you will too. Anyway, let's see, where have I been? I've been in North Carolina. I've been at the Joshua Retreat. I feel like my this May has been a whirlwind of travel for me with the East Coast. I got home from the East Coast and then went back. But gosh, I want to explain what I'm taking back from that. I knew I wanted to go. It was just an instant yes. I had no doubt in my mind. I knew I was supposed to be at the Joshua Retreat. So my friend Jordan and I that I've never met, we've she was one of my students and her kids were my students. She lives in Georgia. We plan to go together and be roommates, you know, strangers, not strangers, but, you know, never meeting in person, sharing a bed. But I knew it was, it was like I, I knew her, like it was just, it was no question. So we get there. It's beautiful, like way out in the country. I felt like I was back looking at the cemeteries in Virginia, you know, like when I had just been with Presley on the East Coast trip. So meet Jordan in person. It was beautiful. Like we were soul sisters, so comfortable, you know, like you never knew we wouldn't have met in real life before. But I get to this Joshua retreat, Gary Bodley's house, and we meet probably 25, 30 people that were all there that had, first of all, told me that the only reason why they were there was because they listened to this podcast, which was so flattering and amazing. And to think, why did I want to have this podcast? Well, I didn't know at the time, but when I started sitting there listening to these, there's probably five of them out of the group that had listened to the podcast with Gary and then went down the Joshua Live rabbit hole. But they're like, do you realize like I was sent your episode with Gary and it transformed my life. I started listening to Joshua and then it transformed my kid's life, my husband's life, like the ripple effect, right? So when people say one person can make a difference, you don't at the time realize that you're making a difference to how many people, but gosh, it really put it in perspective when I heard these beautiful people tell me that they listened to this podcast. So shout out to all my soul sisters and soul brothers from that trip that are listening. And, you know, we connected And you know, another thing that I realized is, you know, we can learn and listen to podcasts, but when you're in person and you can listen to something like Joshua did two Joshua lives and then Christy Burkhead did one with white light and then she channeled, she did the mediumship. But um, when you finish these calls or, you know, the live calls 
and you're like in shock because it was so <laughs> amazing. You can sit and visit with these people and we talk for hours and it's like cements into your brain. It helps like the learning level of what I learned there went to way above anything that I could ever do. So my takeaway is I need to go on more retreats. I need to surround myself in person with people that are like-minded, that are always wanting to grow and learn, and to realize that this little podcast that I started three years ago with no idea has made a difference in people's lives. And it really was made an impact in my experience knowing that. So anyway, if that, if you can take anything away from that, go to retreats, go to places where people are like-minded, surround yourself with that because you never know the world is going through whatever it's going through at this time. Cause I mean, I don't watch the news, but when you realize that you can surround yourself with these people with high vibration, it raises your vibration even, even more. And the takeaways that you take away from things, from people's, their perspectives and their outlooks on life. Oh, priceless, priceless. Anyway, that is where I am now. And I wish you all just an amazing beginning to summer, beginning of summer, which is amazing because this weather has been crazy. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the girls being home and traveling and doing all that fun stuff this summer. But I cannot wait for you to meet Corinne. And after you listen to this, please DM me or please write something underneath my Instagram or Facebook posts that you enjoyed it and what you took away and that you get why I really connected with Corinne like I did. Because I really did. It's like we left and she's in Mount Shasta, like you'll hear, but she was in, you know, come to Mount Shasta, have some, you know, bring your teenagers um, retreats up there. Like that started my vision. Like that would be amazing, especially knowing what it feels like to be in person. And I could take these teenagers up there and create this magic. So I got, it got my my mind spinning and I love that. All right. So without further ado, please welcome this beautiful soul, Corinne Grillo. Welcome, Corinne. Oh, thanks for having me, Ashley. It's great to be here. You're so welcome. All the way from Mount Shasta, California. I've flown over Mount Shasta. I've driven by it, but I've never spent time there. But I've heard that there's a magical energy there, right? Is that what is drawn you to there? The rumors are true. Yeah, I'm actually at my retreat property here. And, you know, when Spirit guided me to to look at retreat properties, I hadn't even spent time up there. And when I saw the mountain, I just broke out in, in tears. And I was like, oh, okay, there's something to it. And, you know, having people here on retreat, absolutely. There's a lot of amazing magic. So if you're so inclined, I highly recommend. Oh, neat. I've heard... There's certain areas, like my friend just visited Sedona and she said, oh, the energy there is just this, you can't even explain it. And I feel like there's certain areas in this, on this, in this country that exude that some magic, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Shasta is known as the root chakra of the planets. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, one of those energy centers of the planet itself. So it's really interesting because I do do a lot of root work here and, you know, abundance and all of that stuff. So it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, I was introduced to you through your book, your latest book, this beautiful book that I've had by my side for last month, Angel Wealth Magic. I want to go into that. But first, I have told you before we hit record that, yes, I've been reading your book. Yes, I did the 11-day ritual experiment or whatever you call it. And Mm -hmm. because I love doing that and I've seen magic in my life when I have surrendered and allowed and distrusted. And I believe in all of that. And I even teach my girls to talk to their angels. And, you know, when I say, if you're going into a test, like, you know, now talk to your angels. And I said, I mean it. (laughs) I'm not just saying it. I mean it. But so you speak my language, but, you know, I always think in life, you know, I'm 54 years old. I had two children later in life, one's 14 and 16. Mm-hmm. And I look at your life too, kind of in a way that I, I just reflected on mine. They're not similar, but there's there's always this kind of parallel where we kind of, there's a moment in our life that it kind of like wakes us up. We pivot, we learn, you know, then we start to say, wow, life is, this can be life. Like, wow, I don't have to live like this. You know, life can really be this a magical place that I can create and love and all the things. So there's a couple things, places in your life where I feel like it it started to wake you up. But I know your mom passed away when you were a teenager. And I know you it was a, wasn't a wealthy childhood. Mm-hmm. Your dad was an alcoholic. But then I feel like, you, I don't know, where do you want to start? Where do you feel like in your heart? was when you had that moment. I feel like I had invitations when I was younger, but I wasn't in the place. I think the the trauma and the negativity and the the beasts were very well alive inside of me, so I passed the invitations. I think I had finally matured enough to receive this invitation and it, this invitation was so big because it was it was an actual miracle that I witnessed. And at the time, I was still suffering with depression. I was still a miserable person. But it was the, um, I witnessed a miracle. And when I was, you know, in my mid 30s, and that seriously changed the game. That's that was really, the birds. That, the birds? that was the, yeah, that was, the, okay. that was the birds. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a psychotherapist. So when you witness a miracle, you can't help but to go, is, am I having a psychotic episode? Of, right. <laughs> what's, what's going on? But yeah, it, it, took me a while to actually come clean with that miracle to actually discuss it with other people. And spirit kept urging me because after that incident, my spiritual gifts awakened more. And so Mm -hmm. I could hear the voice of angels or I could feel and sense when angels were in the room. And prior to that, I wasn't particularly religious or anything like that. It's not necessarily anything I was looking for, but it just kind of happened. And so I had to kind of integrate my new self with my old self. And it took me a while to (laughs) do that. But that was your mid thirties. And, but I want to go back to when you went to that magic school. Oh yeah. The magic school. Oh my gosh. Gosh. I just think of that. Like, I mean, I just feel like life was preparing you. Yeah. Right. And you didn't even know it. I didn't know it. I was so lost back then. Like I said, I was trying to stay out of trouble. It so didn't work. But yeah, I had a spiritual experience when I was younger and I tried to kind of pursue it. 
And I, I think it got me to a certain place. But yeah, I studied magic. I studied Western magic and, and I lived in a spiritual school, a, a magic school. And I did all the things. I, I was in deep study with all the things, but it wasn't focused on angels. And, and really it was about, it was about just a hundred percent manifesting. And I, I realized later that what was missing was this love component, was this, this real surrender to a beautiful, magical, miraculous power. Because even in magic, you feel like you got to harness some things and, and right. do all of these really intense rituals. I was doing rituals like three or four hours a day for like four years, you know, oh, wow. and trying to do a job. But, you know, I really needed some kind of grounding. And that school was really good in teaching me about self-responsibility. And I think, you know, based on my life before that, I definitely could have not gotten that lesson without that school. Huh. But what drew you to going to that school? Because I, how old were you? I was about 21, 22, okay. 23, like mid, okay. you know, 22, 23. And I stayed for about four years. Huh. Yeah. So it drew me because I, like I said, I had a, a very powerful uh, spiritual experience. But back then, it's like pre-internet or internet was just starting. I didn't have a computer. There was not as much talk about things, you know, like a Kundalini experience or spiritual awakening. So I really felt like I was kind of on my own. And so I went on a journey of like, you know, what happened? So I remember going to a bookstore in San Diego, the Psychic Guy bookstore. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So I went there and a flyer fell out and it was the spiritual school of magic. And I was open to all things. And I, I always like love magic. I watched Bewitched. Me too. And I already knew about this particular path because I was studying an oracle card deck called the Thoth deck. And so I recognized the symbology on the flyer. And so I, I decided to go for it and, and, and try it out. And, you know, at the time I didn't have a mom. I didn't really have a foundation. I didn't have anything. I didn't have community because I was new to the area. So it kind of covered a lot of bases on, on one, you know, with one stone. So right. yeah, we learned about spiritual things like tarot and things like that, but it was very kind of in a way, what do I want to say? Intellectual? Right. Not love-based. I know what you're saying. Not love-based. And and still they talk about mysticism, but there wasn't people there who really had a depth experience or a full awakening, I guess is the best way to say it. So we're still kind of going on these old tradition, because it was a mystery school, old traditional texts, but not a lot of not a lot of connecting the dots, if you will. Right. But what was your awakening moment? What was your spiritual experience? The first one before the birds, when we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That one's really very intense. I was riding as a passenger in a car. I was really young. At that stage, I was probably 19. And uh, I felt this fire in, inside of my stomach. And this intense panic started happening. I felt like whatever was in me was trying to, I was going to die. And the fire, eventually I quit resisting it. Luckily I was not driving and the fire moved up my spine. And then I felt as if it exploded my head, like a helmet kind of was removed. And there's all this energy. And again, I wasn't into spiritual things so much. So I really had 
no grasp of what was going on. And I felt the car, I heard a sound, I felt the car like lift and elevate. And then I started hearing a voice talking to me. And I was still conscious that there was my person, my friend driving, but I was not able to tell him what was going on. I was able to have direct conversation with him, but I could, for one reason or another, I just could not yeah. see what was happening. So the voice showed me through imagery in the landscape, there was this incredible love. Like once I stopped resisting and I let the fire move through me, my heart opened hugely. Then I heard the voice and it started, I'm going to cry. Gosh, oh. it started, uh, I know, God. I never talk about this one publicly, but no one's ever asked. So oh, <laughs> um, leave it to me. It was the first time I experienced love. And mm. uh, and it, the love that it was, was so beyond. Huh. Because again, I was, I was a girl who lost her mother just the year before. Right. And, um, suffered so much trauma, you know. I, I was suicidal most of most right. of that time. So to experience that level of love, which is still so profound, mm-hmm. was so much. So he took me through uh, teaching. He taught me about, he gave me this love. And then he took me to this realm of darkness where there was horned beings. I could see them projected all over the, all over LA. I was driving through LA at the time on, on the 10 freeway. And I saw these hell beasts and I was starting to get afraid. And then my friend looks over to me and he said, don't be afraid. There's nothing to worry about. So I look over to him and I say, thank you. Thank you. Because I needed to hear that. Wow. And then he said, I didn't say anything. So he Oh didn't. my gosh. I know. And so they took me through and then they showed me the higher planes. So they took me through the low one and showed me the higher planes. And then they said, everyone is poor. So they told me that the really rich people are poor too. And uh, they're poor from this love. And so he, it was an all-day experience. He was in communication with me. And at the end of the day, he's, he showed me all of these beautiful things. And he said, he told me that now I have to do this the long way. And that I was going to be on my own for a while. And so what I took from that day was that there's something out of the sort, out of the ordinary, but I very quickly went back into my depression and in my self-sabotage. But there was something inside that was drawn towards exploring things. I felt that that experience was an ET because I didn't, that's the only really framework that I had, because it felt like this, I could feel this almost like a spaceship lifting and a sound that sounded to me extraterrestrial, but who knows the difference. Right. So anyway, so that was that, that sent me, I don't know what it gave me, because I just, things just got worse after that, you know. Did the guy that drove you, did he like clue in that you're having this experience? No, because I I couldn't say it out loud, but he did say things along the way, like, what's that sound? So I knew that it was happening, but that he couldn't totally see what I was seeing. Hmm. And he wasn't having, because I would check in like, hey, um, are you doing okay over there? Because I could see his shadow and his shadow was not, did not look human. And so I, I knew that I had encountered an intelligence 
Um, I didn't know what it was, but like I said, the heaviness put me back in my slumber quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And I forgot all, you know, I, I did my best to forget about it. It was very heartbreaking to go from a deep love experience back into my usual consciousness. And so, you know, I guess I learned about frequency because that's the thing is like he said, you know, or what I learned was like this, it's like a feeling. And if you sink here, it's hellish. And if you sink right. up here, it's better. So yeah, I still had to go through my trials and errors. And and so I went into that school because of, of huh. that experience. Because huh. you were wanting an answer? I was compelled to explore things beyond what is real. And then, but what is physical. And, but I wasn't necessarily doing it consciously. Like what happened to me? It's just, it was this compulsion. But then at the end of that, the end of the school ended so badly that I left the, all the spiritual things behind for a very long time. And it wasn't until that angel encounter that I realized that angels were real, that miracles were real. And it's so funny because I totally kind of dismissed that thing when I was 19. But yeah, that's when I realized they're, they're coming out to play and it's stuck around. It didn't, it didn't leave me <laughs> the, right. same, the first rally did. Right. When you tell that story and because you hadn't told it, do you feel that love when you talk about it? Can you go back to that feeling? Well, you know, what's interesting is that I feel like I experienced that now in my life. And of course I still think, but when that miracle happened, I experienced it again in a totally different way. It was a different texture, but it was that profound love. And I feel that I am kind of more elevated or my vibe is more elevated. Right. So, so yeah, I, I feel like that, that love it happens and that is my driving force to share what I do. Yes. Oh. I feel like it's, it's accessible to everyone because if, if it came to me and, you know, after that, that first experience, you know, within years, I'd like, and you know, drugs ended up in jail. Like it, it like I said, it was, he said, right. You're gonna, you know, it's going to be a while. <laughs> right. Yeah. Huh. So then you are, you're in the, the muck now after this experience, you're kind of in the lower vibration, experiencing low vibration things <laughs> and you're getting married and you have children yeah. during this time. Yeah. After the school, I, I decided to leave the school and do just be like a regular person, do like regular life things. So I had a kid, I got a, got a career and, you know, did the therapy, had kids, but I was still suffering. Okay. So then this woman you meet about the angel cards, this is before we have, right? So a friend of mine bought me an angel reading. And so this was when I was still suffering, but like on the, on the surface, uh, pretending like I can do normal things. And so, yeah, I, I went into that session and I felt such a lifting, such a sloughing off of emotions. And she told me, she said, when you leave today, you have a lot of angels and talk to the angels as if they're real. Cause they really want to talk to you. And I, you know, I'm like grain of salt. Yeah, whatever, you right. know? So I, but I did. And then the synchronicity started happening right away. The angel synchronicity started happening. And then within a couple of days of me just talking to them, just like they're real people, that's when I witnessed the miracle. And that, that is when the trajectory really changed. Okay. Let's tell everybody the magic moment about the bird. Oh, yes. Okay. So I write about it in my, in my first book, The Angel Experiment. 
Um, I write it in more detail than I'll share today, but yeah, I was, I was driving to a client's house. I was uh, counting mental health professional, professional helping rescuing kids off the street. So I was driving through one of the, you know, bad neighborhoods, quote unquote, bad. And, uh, but still talking to angels. And then a bird fell in front of my car and just crashed, land, landed on the pavement. So I look at the bird and, and I'm like, like horrified. So I, I drive around it and I see the bird has a broken wing. And, you know, I was going to be late to my client's house. Plus, I don't know anything about birds, but I had all of this compassion pouring out of me because I've been working with the angels. So I was like lighter and already right. happy partying. So I decided to ask the angels to just at least put it out of its suffering. So I prayed for it. I drove around and as I looked through the rearview mirror, I saw that the bird was kind of doing a little something, something on the ground, like kind of shimmying a little bit. So as I watched it, um, I watched the bird, a small bird. So the, the bird was about pigeon size. A okay. small bird jumped up from the body of the bird, flew away. Then a second jumped up from the body of the bird, flew away. And then a third jumped up from the body of the bird and then nothing was left on the ground. So I watched that bird turn into three healthy birds and fly away. And I saw with my eyes that it had a broken wing because it was like trying to get up. Right. So that moment was like, that was it. Okay, Okay, Corinne, wake up. Yeah, but it wasn't just me seeing it. I could feel it. It was the effervescence. It was that love again. That, mm. that I could feel. And so I knew that, and you know, there was static in my hair. I knew that I was in the presence of something beautiful. And so I identified them as angels because that's who I was talking to for a couple of days. Right. Wow. I mean, just listening to that story and picturing it. And for some reason, birds are like snakes to people. Birds are like that to me. Like I, they're fast and they kind of like, ah. And um, when I was picturing the car coming and hitting, you know, that would always like break my heart, right? So I'm in your mind, I'm watching, I'm feeling what you feel. But then to like really talk to the angels and really pray and to see that moment, I just, yeah, I was there with you. And I'm just like, oh, the whole meaning of birds changed for me. Yeah. Yeah. For me too. I never thought, I just thought, you know, birds, just birds, but yeah, it was definitely a, a game changing moment. And yeah. So when, when you see something like that, it's, it's, it's like, okay, if this is possible, what else is possible? You know, right. that kind of miracle can happen to someone like me who at the time I was drinking, you know, fifth of tequila every couple of days, you know, I was, like I said, I wasn't, I was burning the candle at both ends, trying to exit the planet without officially trying to exit the planet still. And so if they came to me in this way, then that means there's, there's goodness for all of us. And I know just like me, I turned away from my, my path a couple times. Right. Um, yeah. They're and, definitely showing you back. Yeah. Time. And so a lot of us turn away because our hearts close again, because it, this place is hard to live on. Right. I mean, for sensitives like us, and a lot of us are out there, you know, the empaths out there, the magical creatures who don't really even realize we're magical, but we get so bothered by the bad behavior. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And I was questioning during this time, was your family, what were your children? I think it's, it's close to my heart because I feel, what, how old are your, you have two girls as well. Yeah. So I have a 18 year old and an 11 year old. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So they were in the muck part. 
right? Well, my oldest was in the muck, but she was too young to remember the muck because the miracle happened when she was around three, three or four. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and then you had your baby, your second one, I mean, a few years later. Yeah, she raised snuck in her there. differently. She snuck in there differently, huh? And raised, did you raise her right away? Like, so you began to raise them. That's my question is how you raise them now. Cause that's, I'm, I'm all about raising teenagers and kids. I mean, I was very intentional as a parent young cause I knew all these, like, I want my girls to be ready and have these tools and, you know, talk to the angels, believe in, you know, have this confidence in them and have their values and know that, you know, their affirmations and all the little magic tricks that <laughs> we know. But is that how you raised your daughters? I kind of keep it an open playground. So I give them just like I was invited, you know, so I, I give them invitations to explore. Right. But their perspective could be unique. And I want to encourage encourage that. So yes, I, I definitely, they know they're open to it. They know about their intuition. I always ask them, you know, I, I always ask, tell them to trust themselves. I try not to subvert their own intuition, you know, with my own knowing. So yeah, it's really helped. They know about angels. They know about the allies, you know, of the lands and how birds, how to talk to birds. And because I've learned a lot since, since the miracle, since that miracle. But yeah, even last night, you know, my daughter was going to ask a certain someone to come to the, to the prom. So I was on the phone with her for an hour and we were working our magic together. <laughs> She's oh. like, mom, I need your help. So they, you know, at this age, they, they call, they call you for advice when they really need something important. And that's when they're like, okay, I need, we need all the magic in the world. So they, yes. they know, they know that they have support and there's right. good medicine and that, you know, it's and all the answers are in your heart. And you, if you learn how to work your heart muscle, things right. go a lot better. Right. So you were a psychotherapist and then you just started to transform. You just started to become more of this um, healer, spiritual leader. What, yeah. Tell me how that transitioned. Well, I, it was 100% begrudgingly because I was really committed to my old identity. You know, you go through graduate school, you work your butt off for a license and all of that. Right. Um, but yeah, it was a transition because I would be having psychotherapy. I was trying to do psychotherapy, gosh darn it. And then, you know, I'd feel angels come in and then... I would try to just deny it. And then eventually I just would ask someone like, look, I know this is not what you're expecting, but you know, I feel like there, you know, there's some messages coming through for you. And you, you know, we're going to do something weird. Um, Would you like to hear some intuitive messages? So I kind of broke it, broke the news. And then I started doing angel healing because the angels encouraged me to in the sessions. And then people's depression would disappear really fast in the beginning. And so then I, that encouraged me to just keep being honest about it. Just own who you are, even if you know it's kind of quirky and not everybody might get it, but they weren't going, the angels were not going away. <laughs> right. What are you hearing when they talk to you? Is it a voice? In the beginning, it's clairsentience for, for me. So a lot of times it was clairsentience. I could feel the effervescence come into the room and then I would get pictures or I wouldn't say hear a voice as in there's, so when I was the 19 year old one, that was a voice in my head and it was not my voice. Okay. Um, With the angels, it feels different. It feels like a communion and they share, they share, they give me just enough 
And sometimes it's a feeling if the person is feeling something. And sometimes it's a, it's a vision if it's really important that, that I see something. So it can come in a lot of different ways, but mostly it's just my senses and also just claircognizant. So, so I just get information and I don't know how it comes. Hmm. And in healing, like when people come to you in healing, is it more uh, mental, like depression, anxiety? That, well, that's because what... I was a psychotherapist, that right. was most of my clientele in that. And I, I find that because we're all intuitives, whether we know it or not, and whatever your specialty is, like whatever your medicine is. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mind master. So a lot of, a lot of my gift is helping people with their mind helping people right. feel, feel better, find mental balance, where a lot of people that I train, a lot of them are nurses um, or medical professionals. So those people end up being really amazing um, medical intuitives, you know, because the, the body is their specialty. So just right. depending on what our artistry is and, and uh, you know, what kind of work we're here to do, it just amplifies what right. it is. Oh, I love that. I just even finding that for you, like to take that to the next level is just beautiful. So I get your book and I start reading the beginning and I started, I look back, I'm telling you, I always reflect and, and relate to days in my life when I had absolutely nothing. And I just opened a business with nothing, bought a house with nothing. And I just trusted. And I just, that was, I would go to the bank and just write a number on a piece of paper and pray to God that that number, when I asked for the balance, would come and it would. And I had no clue. Wow. And I just remember it was like, I mean, people that listen to this podcast know my story, so I don't need to go too deep into it. But I just was at a place in my life that I needed to start doing something. And I realized I had magic and I knew how to turn it on. Yeah. And so when I started to like, I know that, I don't have money, but I'm going to open a day spa. I know that I don't have money, but I'm going to buy a house. <laughs> I know that I don't have money, but there's a fire in the pot in the spa. And thank you, angels, for creating the fire that I, now I have money. I know that, you know, and so I look back at those moments mm -hmm. and when I'm looking at your life. So when 2020 came for you and you have two girls as well that are going into quarantine at home. My magic moment was I had two days before they went into lockdown. It was start a podcast. And I'm like, what? You know, I have a fifth grader and an eighth grader and I'm driving them around. I have barely enough time to do the chores, you know, and then go back to, you know, pick them up. And I thought, okay. And two days later, their school got closed. And I thought, oh, that's why I got that message. So I didn't know why. I know what, when you say yes, that's when the magic goes. And if, even if you think it's the wrong thing, go anyway. <laughs> so true. Oh, right. Gosh, I say that all the time. Yeah. Stagnation kills the magic. You just got to move, keep moving. Yeah. Because that's when spirit can show you. That's when the, the cosmic forces and the good natural forces can show you how supported you are. Right. And that, I just feel that that fear gets the roadblocks up the moment you have that self-doubt or, you know, questioning it. And I always say to anybody, like, just keep saying yes. And if it feels good, just keep going. You'll find a detour if it doesn't. <laughs> right. Yes. 
So, so let's go to that moment because this is what sparked the book. And I know you wrote the first book and I need to read that now because I am now realizing, oh my gosh, I just, I love you. I love your story. I love how you connect. And the, I've had women on this show that do communicate with the archangels. Belinda Womack, have you heard of Belinda? No, I okay. haven't. So she channels the archangels, but now I'm in your book and there's these angels in there that I've never even heard of. I know, yeah. you know, and I'm yeah, thinking, me, I me neither. I I hadn't heard of him either, but I I did the research. I did some research uh, to to find some that would specifically help with Will. So, oh my gosh, I, yeah, I still don't know them by heart. I have to look at my own book and go, okay, oh, funny. <laughs> go. But let's go to that magic 2020 because I look at 2020. You know, I guess I know a lot of people. It was you know, there's tragic tragedy and mm-hmm. you know, heart, you know, all these things that were you know falling apart. Mm-hmm. But I always, you know, I'm always looking at things happening for me. And, and what is the magic in that? And I looked at 2020 as magic for our family and where I was going. And I didn't know where I was going, but I just kept saying yes. So that's where I relate to this beautiful story. So please tell us. Yes. Well, because my kids were home and home is my office. I was already living the COVID lifestyle before. Right. So I did a lot of online trainings and stuff like that. So, and I wanted to be really present. You know, I knew that I needed to be really present for my kids, for my family, and also for myself. So I can do what I was used to doing. And I was right. I was about to launch um, one of the programs that I launched. And uh, I knew that if I launched it, it just would not be a good situation in our home because I couldn't be present as much as I'd want to. So yeah, I decided to not launch that and instead to do some wealth magic, some angel, some angel wealth magic. And, and so I did some research on ancient angels. So when I work with angels, I know a lot of people are just channeling angels and, you know, I do too. I do too, but I like the history and I like it rooted Mm -hmm. in, in tradition. So I looked at the ancient angels that what that magicians had used that are, you know, found in old, you know, Judaic mystical texts and things like that. So, so I did some research on those, looked around and, and developed a practice, developed a really short thing. So I called the angels and I, I, I know ritual, you know, cause right. my, my former, yeah, I was, there was preparation, right? Right. Where That's why I wanted people to get that before we get into this magic. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, I know magic. I definitely do. So I <laughs> dug deep and and put together some ritual and and yeah. And then I, you know, with magic, you you do your work and then you you're done with it. So I was done with it. I forgot literally all about it <laughs> after I was done with it. And then a few weeks later I, I got an email that and I asked for an extraordinary amount of money for me, because it's the most I ever asked for. And uh be and specific. Because I want you to share it because I think that's amazing. I asked for $200,000. Right. I love um, it. Yeah. To cover, you know, that portion of my income. And I had had previous financial miracles with angels. So I know that they hook a sister up when you're really in need, right? Yes. And even when you don't ask, they can hook a sister up. So yeah, I asked, totally knowing it would never happen. Right. But I'm just like, hey, you know, I'm just going to just try it anyways. And yeah, a few weeks later, I... I got noticed that my business had 
been awarded one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Um, but the thing was is that I I'd never asked for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and my husband never asked for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So I told my husband, and he's like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is not a um scam." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they didn't. Uh, give me that extra 50, but I did not kick 150 out of bed. And as a matter of fact, that money actually did uh, make me way more than that, that, that 150,000, because how I used it was towards the business and the, that money multiplied. Right. Okay. Let's start into the way you explain in this book, the steps and the you know, it's the limiting beliefs that people have that block the money, you know, I think you call them wealth blockers. Yeah. And how they, the, people are unaware they they don't have that awareness that the way they grew up, there's this, I mean, this, they're just, they're blocking their magic, their wealth magic. Yeah. So the wealth blockers and how, how I talk about it in the book is that imagine that, you know, how you grow wealth is a garden. Yes. And- I love that. Yeah. And that if we don't know about this garden, the garden kind of gets overgrown uh, with weeds. And so those weeds are thoughts or feelings that you're either consciously thinking about yourself or about your life or about money or about wealth or unconsciously thinking about your wealth. And so, so the wealth blockers are those kinds of beliefs or feelings or patterns that you have that actively prevents you from moving forward because a lot of people have the two steps forward, three steps back kind of thing. And there's this like barrier, barrier that prevents them from like breaking through. Right. The journaling, I'm all about automatic writing and talking to my angels. And I do that before I start a podcast every time. And I do that in the morning. And then I look back and I think, wow, they were, that wasn't me talking. That was not my writing. Like (laughs) I don't even use those words. And I feel that understanding that when you do free write like you do, mm-hmm. that is part of the magic. And I realized when you were in 2011, you looked back at something, a notebook that you wrote about writing books and you were like to your girls, what the heck I wrote? I told myself I was going to write books, <laughs> right? Yes. Oh my gosh. That was mind blowing. It was so accurate. And it was as if I had just written it the day before or something like it was that like step by step because the channeling that I did was like you're going to teach this and I and at the time I didn't know anything about that stuff so yeah channel writing is the bomb it really is but you don't really know how much of a bomb it is of the bomb it is until like maybe a year or two later (laughs) yeah right but talk about the I mean there's so many different tools in the book but there's 11 days in this ritual but before that you know, you talk about like mirror work, like these little tools that you, that you, you know, it's all amazing things that I will teach my girls to do. Cause you know, it's like as a mom, and I know you feel this way too, probably is you don't want the money grows on, money doesn't grow on trees, girls, you know, the, this lack mentality, but you also don't want to raise them and thinking, well, you want that? Oh, here's money. You know, I don't, so there's such a fine line there right now, especially as a teenager 
when they're starting to have their independence. One mm-hmm. just got her car and we're trying to explain, you know, gas and insurance and car paint, you know, all the things that it's not just you get a car and you can, you're free to go and then, you know, go buy Starbucks every day. <laughs> exactly. exactly. You know, so tell me that. So give us some tools that you can, uh, that you use in your book that you use to manifest your magic money wealth. Yeah. I mean, I, I give so many in the book just to cover all the bases, but, uh, but yeah, we, I use sigils sometimes, especially if you're someone who has a hard time focusing and you really like want a nice, like consistent boom. Like, this is what I look at. This is what I do. I use a magic, you know, people, well, traditionally in magic, they call them sigils, but I created a really simple way to work with a sigil, create your own and, and use it as a window or a portal, think of it as a portal between you and whichever angel you're communicating with, or it's almost like the telephone game, you know, that game. Right. Yeah. So it's like a little, a little two-dimensional telephone game and those work wonderfully. Will Um, you explain that? I'm, I don't, I'm not clear when you say sigil. So a sigil is the magic mirror. So traditionally it's called a sigil in magic. So any kind of magic, chaos magic, any kind of magic, and actually, even archangels, if you look more deeply, they all have their own sigil, which is like a design that you can focus on, that magicians focus on to help call them in, to help focus on their magical operation, whatever magic they're doing. And, you know, you can do magic for a variety of different things. So I just did a simple way for people, you know, for people who have no magical experience, just to like have a focal point, because that's really the most important thing is just, here's this thing and I'm going to focus on it. And uh, really all the things that magic does is really just helping the magician focus their energy in a specific way and clear the debris. So the banishing ritual that I put in there, if you're going to do a really powerful meditation or magical operation, or you're working on a really powerful manifestation, the ancients always do like a banishing ritual. So again, I like to ground it in, in traditional magic as well. And to look at those practices, but it's all about clearing psychic debris so that the seeds you do plant actually grow. Yeah. Right. Right. When you talk about the altars, you make, you want like create an altar. It's to, all of it is just a part of the practice. So you're, so you, okay, I, oh, that's right. I'm manifesting this. It's just something to alert you. You got something to, for the human psyche to focus on. But when the human psyche focuses, it's not just this conscious mind that's also doing the work. It's the subconscious and the unconscious. And people want to minimize that because, oh, we're just talking psychology. And that's because people don't understand the power that drives the subconscious, which is our eternal selves. That's how we access our soul and access all the eternals. It's through our unconscious mind. So even though I'm saying it's to focus the energy, it's I'm not talking about just the intellect. I'm talking about that which surpasses human understanding, that aspect of us that all magicians, all ascetics, all initiates know about, and it gets activated in one way or another. So all of our uh, spiritual activations, all of our spiritual awakenings is, I see it almost as a merging of the unconscious and the conscious mind coming together, almost like a an eclipse, you know, how the sun and the moon align. And so there's this alignment where the extraordinary dips into the ordinary 
and vice versa. And there's a merging and the character, the personality then changes after that moment because something is bound to it in the physical structure. Right. Somehow. Yeah. In my life, when I've experienced the magic and I can, you know, I, I'm in that momentum and I always feel like the momentum, like the rocks falling down the mountain and you're just like, you're going like, and you get it and you're just going to keep going. And I was in that place in my life. And then, you know, I can catch myself and I do catch myself because I can have these like self doubt, you know, what am I doing? But it's when I teach that too, and I hear these people talking like, but I can't, and you know, my dad or my mom, and I'm thinking, how do you, because I know you do retreats too. Like when I'm picturing you right now in, in Mount Shasta and people coming to you and, you know, they have their, their stories and, you know, all the things that they have been the hamster wheel of their mind. How do you get that spoke to stop? How do you get them to, what is your, do you have magic in that to get those limiting beliefs to be more empowering and believe in that they can be, do, or have anything? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's interesting you ask because the, this land is actually particularly ad, adept at helping people drop the stories already. Oh, wow. Just drop the stories. Yeah. People, we have a kind of an ongoing joke. It's kind of a dark joke, but people come here to die <laughs> so they, so that they can be reborn in certain ways. So we, I do a lot of nature work here because for me now the work is about bringing opening people's awareness of the divine within nature, because it's no different than working with, with angels, but people also need to come down to earth to feel safe and to, to find the beauty here. But yeah, there is a, people have a commitment to believing that their stories is all there are. And so my work is helping open up the doorway for them to experience the other inside of them. And then they can make a choice so that they know which character is speaking. Is it my personality or is it, you know, the other part of me that's working its best to emerge if I just get out of the damn way? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you, when you, so let's say someone's playing, they played the record, they're, you know, 50 years old and they, there's never been enough, you know, I never have had enough and da, 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 da. So we go to Mount Shasta. <laughs> <laughs> go to Mount Shasta. Can I tell them to go to Mount Shasta? Done and done. Yeah. I mean, you know, something, another medicine that I work with is actual plant medicine. And that's been part of my path for about 14, 13 years. And, you know, those heart medicines in the right set and setting, of course, in the right context can really help us learn how to get out of our head because those stories only exist in the head. They right. only exist in the head. It's this psychodrama that keeps going on and on because we don't know how to access the other part of ourselves, but it's actually quite simple. Um, it's just a bad habit. So young children are in their hearts. Right. That's why they have such a good time, even when they stumble and fall. So yeah, any method that will teach you more about your heart and disarm the old, it's just a habit. It's just an addiction to, mm -hmm. to uh, the thing with the most magnetic pull, which a lot of times is our trauma. But I feel right now on the planet, people have a serious opportunity to shed those old stories in very magical and miraculous ways. I, I, you know, the consciousness or the light here is so much easier to access than it was. You know, I've been mm -hmm. doing this work for a while too, you know, and people are getting it faster than I've ever seen them before. There, huh. People are literally walking out 
But a lot of times it's just shut your butt, quit talking, quit talking right. about it. Right, just exactly. quit talking about it and start listening more, less talking, more listening. And because people don't know how to listen because they're so busy talking in their head. Right. So you have seen a shift in people that have been coming to you. They're more open. They're more. Oh, for years though. For years. Oh. Yeah. You work with the angels. You work with the light. You focus on the light. Yeah. People drop their, drop their stories and they can do it. The, the ones that are really meant to or want to often do at least a huge reduction. But we see a lot of shedding here. We see a lot of shedding here. And we also see a lot of connection being made here, connecting with that deeper source. Because once you access the deeper source, it kind of naturally will dissolve some of the story or give, not dissolve it, but help you really receive the blessing or the lesson or the wisdom from it, as Mm -hmm. opposed to hang out in the wound of it. Right. But that picture, I went back to the, you in the car at 19 and it, you had that message, but you still went back to that. Exactly. Huh. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of us do. A lot of us do. I was very, it was very dense, the energy that I was in. I was so polluted from growing up in darkness and my mom dying and all of that. There's just, I didn't have a chance to to not get out of that, but it gave me enough of the medicine, I think, to sustain me or to at least open up some quick questions, something curious about. Right. Yes. Like have hope. Like I know there's that feeling or going back to that feeling that, and I know everyone's listening going, I want that experience. I want to do that. <laughs> but <laughs> let's um, talk about your, you know, when you give people something to how to call their angels and what would be your beginner's method. Like if someone's saying, gosh, how do I start if I don't read that book and I need angel magic or angel, what would be like a quick morning routine or daily yeah. thing that you would say to do? Okay. First of all, so I'm just checking in with the angels on how they want me to answer this one for your community. They're saying that you are already in communication or everyone is already in communication with the angels and Part of the problem is not just not being aware of when the good things are happening or when there's a movement based on some request. So they want you to know you're already doing it. You don't have to make a big grandiose experience, you know, thing about it. You could just say, hello. Hi, I'm curious about you. And for the folks that are stuck in the stories or the limitations, whether it's just a traumatic wound in, in, in the past and in, in, in the brain, that makes you keep on rotating over and over again because trauma is trauma. It's very hard to unlock some of that without help, consistent help. So the angels can get in there and help you find a different song to play in your mind. So you can, Archangel Michael is, you know, that's the one I worked with the most in the beginning. And I think that's the one that most people know about. But if you're in a really dark, dark space, he's the one who just can go in there and just open up your heart a little and take some of the slough off some of the darkness, some of the, some of the deadness really just off of the heart. And so I just say, call on them. And if you want a good, beautiful, amazing, powerful starter angel, you can ask Archangel Michael to come and open your heart and release you from pain, to release you from suffering and to ask, to help you, please help me release my addiction to suffering 
or my habit of, of needing to suffer. Also, what they're saying right now, some people don't even know it's possible to have an identity without their pain and suffering. Some people resist transformation because who am I without this story and without mm-hmm. this baggage? So start dreaming up a different identity of God. What would it be like if all this stuff went away? If I was less committed to this, if I took my commitment away from this energy over here and just put some of it over in this other direction towards, hmm, I want to feel more playful or Hmm, maybe I should try and um, just, yeah, have more fun, uh, <laughs> uh, have more love, get more creative, paint more, you know? So it's just like a little simple, some of it is, is just a choice. You always have to just make a choice. In any magical act, you just make a choice. Yeah. And it's, I always say, find joy, find something to make you happy, raise your vibration, you know, be, you know, if you go outside, turn on a song, you know, it's, there's, yeah. it's not hard you know, but yeah. people love that story and they love that wheel yeah. that just keeps spinning. And I, and I just, if you can get to that place where you have that little tiny, like flip of a switch that you realize, okay, I'm doing it again. Go find the song, go find the tree, yeah. go find the leaves yeah. and the birds. Yeah. And, you know, and I just, I see the world where, you know, the last since 2020, since, you know, that whole COVID really, like it just, it stopped the world. And I think they started to open up their eyes to listening to people like you and, you know, becoming interested in the magic and, you know, being more open to that. And I don't know if the the world's vibration and frequency has shifted. So we're all, we're all moving here or people like you are here. So one person here helps the whole planet. What is your take on what we're, where we're going and all that and what's happening? Yeah, I mean, I feel that there's again it's it's invitations and we're getting invited as a collective closer into the heart. I think of it as into a different chamber of the heart. And so a lot of us are getting receiving that invitation and going through a big transformation. Some of that transformation looks really terrible on the outside. But you know, part of our task is to my task anyways, it's probably not everybody's work, but I know I, I'm here to hold a vision of beauty with whatever it is that I see that's happening in the world. And I know there's other of us called to do the same. And so I, my focal point will always consistently be about the most beautiful transformation for all of us, all of our hearts, all of our minds and all beings, for all beings here and, and in other realms. So I believe that we are in a process of transforming. We're a bit in the anus of the transformation, meaning, you know, it's easy to see the stinky and uh, (laughs) the less less beauty. But I feel like it's an important transformation because even if you look at our own individual micro lives, when you look at those darkest, the darkest portals, which we've been talking about a lot so far in this conversation, where they lead if we allow the transformation is quite extraordinary, mm-hmm. miraculous even. So I have to believe that if we are, if life is a fractal and we're a microcosm of the macrocosm, that what is true for our own individual lives is also true for a planetary scale, but it's also our choice whether or not we accept the invitation. So my goal is to inspire people to accept the invitation towards more love, more hope, more joy, more beauty now, 
so that more of us can open up the pathway for others to do the same. And this is the the collective hope and promise. And that's when we experience actual heaven on earth, which I have definitely experienced here. In this land here in Shasta, it's real. And the energy of it is real. And, And because I know it and I've seen it and I've experienced it, I'm very passionate about it. Right. What makes a, an energy in a pl- certain place that magical? Well, I think it's a combination of the energy and the intention of the people. So people who actually make their way out here, because it is a pilgrimage. Right. To get oh. out people who make their way out here are heart beings and and powerful. Generally, they're just really powerful people. So it's the intention of the people. If we choose to make more bridges with each other, then build walls. Okay. So if we look at people who want to build literal walls around the country, (laughs) right? Versus people who are curious, open-minded, and just love people, you know, even Mm -hmm. if they don't know them, just love them. Those people, those people, we need more of those people holding a beautiful vision and not letting the dark side sink us, keep us in that lower frequency, sink us down. So I think it's the intention of the people, more and more of us and critical mass. Hmm. So we could make that anywhere. We can make the magic where Mount Shasta has. And Oh yeah. 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 I don't think it's just here. I think we're seeing the precursor of it here because the portal, you know, the, it's like, it's a vortex, you know, my, my right. land vortex on it. But you can, yeah, the the membrane's a little thinner. So, you you know, the love here flows and the mercy and the grace flows here. uh, The peace flows here. But if we send it out, but yeah, the intention of the people. And if you choose to be a bridge, be a bridge all the way, not just half the way. Right. Oh, I love that. What you just said, I think I'll rewind and listen to that <laughs> a few times. Uh, so, yeah. It was, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if, if you even know what you were saying because it was so beautiful. It's like it was just flowing out. I'm like, oh my gosh, your words. It's beautiful. I have no recollection of what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of thinking that. I'm like, I wonder if she's just, was just coming through her. Um, no, Maybe I loved it. But yeah, that. <laughs> yes. So let's close it up. But I wanted to, so they can find you at your website at com. but you have programs and you have a seven day. What are things that you're offering right now and your retreat besides mm-hmm. your books? Oh yeah. Beside the books. Yeah. I'm, I'm teaching, I'm teaching, teaching right now. I'm teaching a class called Divining Guidance and it's a, it's kind of a series for, for modern day prophets, people who are just kind of having big transformations and and wanting to understand more about there's at a soul level, what's being called of them and working with the lands and angels and all the good things. So it's essentially like an intuitive and spiritual gifts course. So I teach those and I teach a six month training as well. And I have a member site called the inner sanctum and I send out audios every new fresh audios, channeled audios every Sunday um, to really support our community in whatever transformation they're they're going through. This year, we're focusing a lot on illumination. So spirit at the beginning of the year, the angels kind of were, were like, you know, we know it's goal time and you know, setting goals is great, but you guys need to really contemplate this particular, this goal. And the goal was, what would it be like to be fully illuminated in this lifetime? Uh. Uh, 
Yeah, to bring in just full enlightenment. I mean, it was like, it was pretty, pretty, <laughs> it was interesting for me to have to break the news. <laughs> But like, why not contemplate that? Because we need more powerful spiritual folk on the planet that are love juice, you know? Right. Do you think people, if there's earth angels or people are come to this earth to just do that? Like they don't have any other purpose in life, but to come and shine their light. Like what I mean, I've heard the word earth angels, but is that just kind of sparked in my mind? Do you believe in that? Yes. I mean, I see it more as people who are called to like your, your podcast or the work that I do are, uh, I, I call it like to bring their medicine, whatever it is. And so if they're, they're, they're deeper medicine. Um, so yeah, people came here for this. I think, Oh, I, I know I came here for this. I came here for like, for the first, uh, 50 years of my life was a drill, you know, just training, and now we're in the real thing. Right. And so, you know, our whole, if I, I think of my life as preparation, like yeah. <laughs> it was a military training right. for a long time on how to hold my damn frequency when stuff is coming unhinged. Right. So true. And I know there's something to do with, even when you turn 50, because I know that's a, it's like in every seven years, like it's, there's a shift. And I know- yeah. Because I know in my life, when I turned 50, it was a, and I look back at my life too, as that was all preparation, you know, and I, I love, I don't look at age as, I just look at it as like, it just gets better and better. Oh gosh, I love it. Oh, whoa. Like when I turned 50, was which was a couple of years ago, it, I mean, was it? No, it was only a year ago. Okay. <laughs> you know, time, what is it anyways? But I just was so... I couldn't even believe my good graces because the the energy totally changed yet again, and it got just more fun. Right, (laughs) I know, I love it. Right, oh, I love it. Oh, it's been so fun. Thank you for your time, for being here, sharing Um, your magic, uncovering your magic. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Ashley. Gosh, I mean, I'm just going to call you, you know, the the Barbara Walters of spiritual interviewers. You you got me, you broke me down in tears. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, funny. Leave it to me. I asked the question. (laughs) So great. How dare you? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for for inviting me on. And thank you so much for doing the work that you do too. Oh, I love it. So wonderful to meet you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.